Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Title Sound Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. We're coming back to you after another Packers victory, another Packers Packers victory over the Chicago Bears. Rogers still indeed owns the Chicago Bears, and uh, I was at this game, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun podcast today. We got some fan questions to ask later, although Braun just asked for them uh, literally five minutes ago, so maybe we don't have the best questions, but we got fan questions to answer, and uh, we're gonna talk about this game, preview the Ravens game, a lot to get to. Braun, how are you? Well, Griff, I'm good, but I want to know how our good luck charm is doing. You. Because you were at the game and we won again, so I want to know how you're doing. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I was at the game and we did win again. Meaning the Packers are now three and zero when I'm in attendance. I mean, if if the Packers, someone within the Packers or- organization, realizes that the Packers are undefeated with a bigger than small sample size when I'm in attendance, maybe they want to hook me up and let me be there every game because clearly something I bring some kind of energy to the crowd and. Uh, they just they just win when I'm there. It's very strange, but I don't know. What can I say? When you're good, you're good, and I'm pretty good at being a fan. So uh, maybe they want to get me in there for every game. That would benefit us quite a bit, wouldn't it? And let's talk about that game a little bit, Griff. A lot of fun. I, I would like to hear your perspective watching it from the crowd, but you know, on the television copy, Rodgers looked like he played some of his best ball all year. I think he was near perfect. I mean, some of the throws were just absolutely ridiculous. Must have been cool to see some of those in person. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome seeing it in person. I was kind of, you know, stat-watching the entire game, the the stats they put on the Jumbotron. It's so weird, man, being at a game because you miss so much. And thinking about these plays now, like, I'm, I'm, I have a copy uh, playing right now, the the broadcast version, obviously, and I just saw the Preston Smith force fumble. I, I completely forgot about that play. I do not remember that happening. Uh, the first touchdown to, to Lazard, I totally forgot about that one, too, because it just happens so fast, and there's there's so much going on, and you're you're going to the bathroom, and there's so many people around you, and there's, oh my god, I, I, I have a lot to talk about, but it was all Bears fans around me, so it was so annoying in the first quarter when the Bears got up 10 nothing because these guys would not shut up, dude. They were the most annoying people. I was about to lose my mind. My girlfriend sitting next to me hardly cares about football. She's irritated as hell. We're, everyone is irritated of these Bears fans. They're yelling, check the scoreboard. It was insane. It's like they've never had a lead in their lives. But it was so funny because as soon as we started clicking, they, they did not make a freaking peep. Dude. They were dead quiet. It was hilarious. It was it was honestly almost worth it to sit through their annoyingness in the first quarter. But uh, I don't know. What was I saying? Yeah, I don't remember a lot of this game, and I haven't had a chance to really sit down and watch the watch the game once again. So uh, I, I'm going to have some weak points. I don't. You always argue that I don't have the best points, Braun, but this week they might be a little worse because I, I didn't get this, the same experience that you got. If, if you follow me on Instagram, which I'm pretty sure you do if you listen to this podcast, um, I posted some clips of where I was sitting. Wasn't the best seats in the world, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have bad I have bad eyesight too, so I was squinting a lot. But, uh, you know, it, it's fun being at a Packer game, of course. Okay, Griff. Well, that was a lot. Let's think here. So let's... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested. So first of all, I don't always think you make bad points, just most of the time. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks, buddy. That means yeah. a lot, dude. Thank you. Yeah, well... Thank you. This is why I love talking to you so much, Bron. Yeah, just to get berated weekly. That's is that what yes. you come here for? Yes, that's why I'm here. Okay. Well, anyway, let's let's dive into some. I, I want to hear your perspective on how Aaron Rodgers played because I'm sure you 
tried everything you could to not miss some of those throws. And I've never personally watched him play in person, unfortunately. So I want to know what you saw watching him throw the football in person, what the ball looked like. Because that's what always you know fascinated me about the possibility of seeing Aaron play in a game. So tell me how that was. What's cool is that you got to see Scott Tolzien in what his one of only two starts. So yes, in the front row. That is something. In the front row. That is something you can't ask for. That is, uh, you know, that's premium. Football I don't think experience. anyone would ask for that. Well, you got the refs coin or the refs re- referee came whatever. up to me out of all, and of course I'm a Packers fan and we're at MetLife, and playing the Giants. Playing the Giants. We lost that game, but at the beginning of the game, <laughs> before before the game. We were like we were right by, um, right by the Packers, like away um, away end zone. So like where they were practicing before the game, um, kind of warming up. I was able to see guys like Clay and everybody else, you know, warm up and all that. No Rodgers, but he was on the sideline. I could see from like a distance they were on the opposite sideline. But before the game, referee comes up to me and he gives me this NFL pin. And that was so cool that, that, you know, that kind of took away everything like that. Like whatever happened after that, we lost, obviously that season was a bust because Rogers wasn't playing at the time, but that was such a cool moment. So Griff, again, I'd like to know about Aaron Rodgers. And did you have any special moments at the game that kind of made it a, a sweet one for you? I'm, I'm, it's upsetting that you've never seen Rogers in person because it's just, it's watching him. It's I think the biggest thing watching a football game live is like when you're watching the the TV. Well, first of all, you don't realize how fast these guys are. When you're in person and you're watching like actual human beings run around, it's like Jesus, these guys are athletes. These are the best athletes in the world. And also, you don't realize how far they're throwing the ball. When Rodgers uncorks it, it's like dang. When Bo- when Bojo punts it, it's like Jesus, that's booming. Even yeah. the kickoffs are like dang. It's, it's going so far, you don't really realize that. But Rodgers, even the Bears fans around me, and this is why I kind of like sitting with the Bears fans, because they hate their own team. No one hates the Bears more than Bears fans. No one hates Matt Nagy more than Bears fans. So that was that was entertaining. But they they all respected Rodgers, and they were all talking like, it was a, like a big group of them sitting right behind me, and they were like, uh, you can never count out Rodgers, though. That's the thing, man. You just can't can't count him out. You know how this game's going to go when they were up 10-0. And they're like, you know how this is going to go. The second half, they're going to turn around. The Packers are a great second-half team. I'm like, Jesus, this is this is pretty fun. And they respected Rodgers, so it wasn't the worst situation in the world. But what was your original question even, Braun? What's it like watching in person? It's really fantastic, and he had a great game, dude. It's funny. It's funny that he always has these great games when I'm in person because uh, 2016, week one, Jacksonville Jaguars, he throws a dime to Devontae with Jalen Ramsey, pulling him from the back of his jersey. Everyone remembers that throw. And in 2018, he had maybe, well, maybe the best game of the season against the Falcons other than the week one game uh, that come back against the Bears. That Falcons game, Joe Philbin's first game as head coach. He had a great game. I I think it's something about Rodgers. That's why they're 3-0 when I'm there. He knows I'm there. And he knows that he's got to put on a show because I paid a lot of money to be there. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence, Griff. I mean, he clearly, yeah. as as we've pointed out before, and we will continue to make this joke every single time, uh, he sees you in the stands, he kind of points like Babe Ruth, and just kind of has one of those days. One of those amazing I will say, days. Um, after the game, uh, my girlfriend and my mom, they're like, let's get out of here. 
And I'm like, I want to go down by the tunnel because I was in the end zone. And I was like, I want to go down by the tunnel and, you know, chant MVP maybe, see these guys doing their interviews and whatever. They're like, yeah, have fun with that. So I went down there by myself, and I got to t- I got to be a part of the MVP, MVP. And, God, that was so special. Seeing wow. Aaron walk off the field, he did the belt twice. That was really special. It was really oh, yeah, fun. Yeah, that was awesome. I did see, like, yeah. some of the clips after the game where, like, he's do- – the way he was just, like, doing the belt, he was like – don't mock it. What are they doing yeah. every time? Um, that's another thing, dude. I- I'm talking a lot this podcast, bro. I'm sorry. You can't no, you have a lot to say. This is exciting. This is very it's, exciting. It was. It's just you know going to, to a game is just so much fun. Lambeau Field, such a special place. It's it's really just so awesome. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, the so my mom at one point when we're down ten nothing, my mom's like. Let's hope that uh, I think it was on the the bird touchdown, like the end around. You remember that one up the sideline? I she sadly said, Let's do hope- remember that. Yes, yes, yes. He, my mom was like, "Let's hope he does the belt. Let's see if anyone did the belt. Maybe they did the belt, so we can come back." And I was like, "Ha ha, yeah, maybe." Only to find out that yeah, Robert Quinn actually did the belt when I when I get in the car and I'm seeing all the memes. I'm like, "Wow, it's just it's too funny." What do you think? There's anything to Rogers? Like, do you obviously he's such a chip on the shoulder guy. Do you think he really like activates when he sees guys do the belt? No. Or do you think it's just a coincidence? I definitely That'll be one don't of the first think. questions I ask him. Yeah, that that's actually a good question. I mean, somebody kind of asked him a little bit about that, right? Like and he was just like, you know, he kind of said imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, which I feel like that he's probably I don't think he just like I don't think he has that thing where he's seeing it and then goes, "Oh, okay. Now I'm going to now I'm going to really play." That's like, ah, I don't really buy that. That's a lot of, like, coach speaks type stuff. Like, to me, he probably just, he kind of said it was cool. He, like, he thinks it's cool that guys, that he has a celebration that guys want to mock. And it's like, I think he just sees that. And, you know, I think he probably feels like, okay, he feels it now. He's happy now. Matt Nagy is having fun right now. But when I get back in the second half, <laughs> when I get back in the second half, I'm going to go to town. And it's just like he, know, like he knows that he's got time and, and everything on his side because he knows he's the better player at the end of the day. And, you know, most times that'll prevail. Yeah, because there's sometimes like the Jamal Adams one a couple weeks ago when did Rodgers even see him do that? I don't know. But no, we yeah. scored on like the next three drives. So uh, it's just it's such a weird thing. But it's so funny that like whenever anyone does the belt, it's pretty much a guaranteed victory. And I saw that, uh, I think it was Bilal Nichols on the second sack on the second drive. He also did the belt. Really? I saw that earlier. Yeah, uh, that was pretty interesting. So, you know, times two there, <laughs> you get one of Rodgers' best games of the season. Um, I, I, I was looking at, I actually lost my PFF subscription. I'm working on getting it back. But, uh, well, I, I've I lost got one it temporarily. So. Yeah, what, do you, what do you need? Oh, okay. What, what's Rogers' grade? Because I was looking at the top five highest greatest players. You know greatest what? Greatest graded? Oh my God, top five highest graded players. Rogers isn't up there. What he was his not. grade? He was the sixth what? greatest. He was the sixth highest graded. But <laughs> you got me saying sixth greatest. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was a cardinal sin I just committed. Aaron Rodgers is the sixth greatest. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I've never said anything. I'm gonna like take. That it, I'm gonna life. clip that out of context. Oh yes, great. All right. Yeah. Anyway, Rodgers graded a seventy-two point four, and I was just blown away when I saw that. Just blown what, away. Dude, what? I do not get it at all. It makes no sense. He literally missed What's the zero passing throws. Grade? He missed zero throws in that game. His passing grade was 72.7. What? How? What are the uh what are the big time throw numbers? 
That I have to look a little bit more into. Let's yeah, see. could you do that for me? Okay, so big time throws. Because he had, well, a, we he have had to a go few to the big game, time right? throws. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, he had some He didn't put the ball in throws. harm's way. Did, did he did ever not put the harm the no. ball in harm's way? He did not put the harm in ball's way. He did not. Yeah, I didn't think he put the harm in ball's way. <laughs> no, Get these see. numbers for me. Yeah, I'm looking here. Uh, well, I'm you're a little more. don't have a subscription. You're a little more efficient with the uh, PFF... Um, whatever the PFF's great, man. Yeah, PFF's I love their. Uh, well, I this love the well, fun race. fact about Griff, if you'd like to share. Uh, yeah, speaking of well, PFF, you know, I have this on my Twitter bio. I I do a little bit of work for PFF. Yeah, know, no big deal. Just uh, yeah, no big deal. But give me these numbers, Ron. Okay, yeah, I am still looking for it. So, where would this be okay. under passing grades? Would it be under? Yeah, this would be under passing grades. Not passing direction and pressure. No passing okay, grades. We're on passing grades. Let's see, so... Um, BTT is what you're looking for. Yeah. Oh, two. Two big-time throws. How about TWP? Turnover-worthy plays. Um, zero turnover-worthy plays. Dude, what? How does he get a 70 grade? I do not weird. know. That is really weird, isn't His it? His adjusted completion percentage, 82.9%. Yeah, There were no drops. One. What? No drops? Yeah, I no guess drops. Not, yeah. I mean, but that doesn't that shouldn't negate his grade. I do not understand. How weird is that, dude? I, I feel don't like understand. they've got to review that grade. Yeah. That's weird. That is really, really weird. If you have two big time throws and zero turnover where they plays, that's usually like at least an eighty grade. You I know, feel PFF like... PFF gets a lot of a lot of people don't like PFF, which is understandable a lot of the time because their grades for non quarterback positions, they you really can't take anything out of those. Like a a cornerback's grade what are you going to do with that? You don't know what the cornerback's assignment is or anything like that. But the for the quarterbacks, they're really grading just the throw by throw. They're they're just grading how accurate is every pass. And uh, you know, Rodgers was. It looked to me like he was pretty accurate. I don't know. I'd like to hear someone explain that to me. I thought that might have been his best game of the season. Honestly, me too. I, me and too. That, I don't think that's crazy was, to say. Right? I was going to say, look, statistically, it certainly was right. The three forty one. The four touchdowns, no picks, of course. He went 29 to 37. Super efficient. He he threw the ball less than 40 times, and he comes out and gets four touchdowns. 341 yards. So you'd think that would give him some credence to get some kind of maybe his highest grade of the year for PFF. But in fact, it wasn't one of his, it was not even only one of his highest. It was one of his, you know, medium to lower grades on the year. Yeah, it was one of his lowest. Exactly. So, I mean, really, really strange. It's a surprising one, but overall, you look at what he did. To me, the stats tell a lot of the story, but you have to watch some of those throws he was making. And I can tell you this with assurance, he did not miss a single throw in that football game. Not one. Did yeah, not no. miss a single throw. MVS... Well, he had a deep shot up the sideline. I mean, that's that's like, a little different. You don't hit on those. Like, why are you really like, throwing he, that one? Yeah, right. Like it's not, an, it's not like he's making just an absolute inaccurate ball. Like That just didn't happen at any point. Even the one in to MVS that kind of got broken up that was in his hands in the back of the end zone. Bro, that was a dime. That was a gorgeous throw. Could have been caught, you know, like... And then, of course, they got it on the fourth down with Lazard after, but... Devontae catches that one. Yep, Devontae dude, does Rogers, make that he's, catch. He's heating up, dude. He's really... He's the ultimate December quarterback playing he has in Green been Bay. on fire. Absolutely By the way, fire. it wasn't too cold. It was only 36. Right. We packed. We, I'm from Florida. We way overdressed. My girlfriend's coming out there wearing bibs for hunting that my uncle gave her. Uh, like we, She had to take them off because she was sweating. But, uh, yeah, we were way overdressed. It really wasn't that cold. But um, 
anyways, Rodgers, he's the ultimate December quarterback, and when it gets cold outside, man, he puts the white sleeves on, he puts the turtleneck on, game over. But when he's got the white sleeves on, and he's playing at Lambeau Field in the month of December, it's when's the last time we've seen him play a bad game in those conditions? He's he's going to be so good, and this is when it's like, this is go time, man. This is playoff time for him, and he's, these past three weeks, what have we, what have we been saying? Remember the week 11 podcast we did after the Vikings game, where the first half, you know, against Seattle, his first game back from COVID, he was like, it was a really weird game, he looked rusty, and then in the first half against Minnesota week 11, he looks like absolute garbage, and he was like, it was making throws, taking sacks, fumbling, like, what are you doing out there, Aaron? But then the second half, he misses one throw, throws like three touchdowns, 300 yards, had an insane half, and we were like, maybe this this is what we needed, maybe now the offense is going to click, and then we have the Rams game where it's clicking, and then this game where we were hyper-efficient and put up 45 points. It, it This is maybe what we're used to seeing from this Packers offense going back to 2020. Aaron Rodgers' last three games, he has uh, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, and those are against some good defenses. You talk about Minnesota. L.A. and Chicago, those last three games, 10 touchdowns, no picks, and he's thrown up for over 300 yards in each of those games. Um, so Aaron Rodgers is on fire. And this fire is with a makeshift offensive line. Without everybody. And we just lost without Bill Turner. Literally everybody, dude. Just Bill lost Turner. Bill Turner. That is... When we're looking at the offensive line, who's been the most stable piece in terms of availability and play, honestly? It's been Bill Turner. And of course we lose him. Doesn't sound like it's worst case scenario there, but still the fact that we're gonna be without him maybe for a good stretch, that's that sucks sucks so much. But with the quarterback that we have and with the head coach that we have, it's not gonna be as big of a deal for us as it would be for other teams because when Rodgers is getting the ball out of his hands, as I say every week, this offense is so efficient and Matt LaFleur knows how to cook it up. The one thing about this offense is that it just doesn't rely on, I think it, it it probably goes for most of the offenses in the league that that use this kind of the same thing that McVay and Kyle Shanahan and and the same idea. It probably goes for all of them, but for Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers specifically, it's different on a different level because you've got Aaron Rodgers in addition to that scheme with Matt Lafleur. So what they're able to do by really the reality of it is they mitigate the value of the offensive line entirely and it, it gets to a point where it really doesn't matter who's in there because of what they're doing in the quick game as well as what they're doing just overall with Rodgers ability to get out of the pocket and escape rushers inside the pocket if needed all that stuff combined it makes the offensive line matter so much less than it has in recent years and it used to for for decades and decades of NFL football they have just absolutely revolutionized the game and I don't think I'm overstating it when I say that they have changed the game to where the offensive line for them is not as valuable as it is for other teams. That's the way it is right now. They're still churning out great players, you know, left and right with draft picks. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that these guys do not, they're just not in the same position of like they need to play well and they're relied upon to, to have great football games each and every week. The Packers don't need that because of what the scheme does to mitigate that and what Aaron Rodgers does as well. So I think it just marries super well that they're able to avoid any catastrophe even when they go through um, hysterics with the guys that are getting injured every week on the offensive line. And you've got Devontae Adams too. So 
It's you've got Matt LaFleur, who the illusion of complexity, always going to keep the defense guessing, doesn't know if it's going to be a run or a pass. Every play looks the same. You've got Rodgers, who knows where to go with the football, has seen every defense you can possibly throw at him, and also, by the way, one of the greatest throwers in the history of the league, and Devontae Adams, who can win against anyone you put in front of him. So you put all that together, and you get this offense where you, what are you going to do to overwhelm this offensive line? It's going to be 4v5 almost every rep because you don't want to blitz Aaron Rodgers and you don't want to leave Devontae one-on-one. So you're really mitigating the damage, like you said, and there's it's not going to be too big of a factor when Rodgers is getting the ball out of his hands, when Devontae's winning quick like he does, and when LaFleur is giving them outlets to throw the ball to. Yeah, I mean, the guys that we've got, obviously you talk about Devontae Adams and what he does. Uh, of course he's part of that same thing that I just mentioned with, with the scheme and, and what Aaron Rodgers is able to do. The fact that their connection is so strong and when he's the first read and they can get it to him quickly or, you know, the stuff he takes away, it just makes everything so much easier. And this offense is starting to find its rhythm. But the difference is now, Griff, and this seemed to be the case all of last season, when the offense was playing extremely, extremely well, the defense just wasn't clicking. And when things shifted, um, this was more so 2019 this was going on, but it was the case last year as well down the stretch in the playoffs. That kind of reappeared. Um, but the offense is is on a hot streak right now, and it starts with what Aaron Rodgers is doing. But then you look at the defense, and this is the third game in a row that they've allowed a good chunk of points to a team that they probably shouldn't have, right? And, you know, you talk about the Rams, and they've got a good team, but and Minnesota's got a good offense, but they should not be putting themselves in this position when we've played the way we have all year on defense. And it's been... I, I love what the guys are doing still. I feel like we're making a lot of plays. This week was a good start, but they're still allowing a lot of big plays, which has kind of crept up over the last several weeks, and it's kind of really revealing itself and showing its face. I think last game was like the culmination of all of it, and hopefully it's addressed a little bit more now this week. But, um, you know, they're allowing points now, and it's it's getting to the point where we have to start buckling down once again. And the goal is, as always, for every team every year, is when we get down the stretch where we need to secure this one seed, which we'll, we'll talk about more, uh, but we need to secure the one seed, we get into the playoffs, we got to be playing our best football in all three phases, and we did not do that on Sunday, and we haven't done it for a few weeks now. Yeah, we'll talk about that third phase, but as for the defense, uh, you have to know that the Bears, they're going to give you their best punch. This was their best game plan. This is their Super Bowl. So I'm I'm not too upset with the defensive performance because I knew Matt Nagy was going to pull out all the stops to beat the Packers at Lambeau. But, uh, you know, they, they forced some pressure. They hit fields a bunch. Rashawn was playing good. Same was same with uh, Preston with two sacks and Kenny up the middle. Uh, in, in terms of coverage, Rasul Douglas, every mm, week mm, we're going to mm. talk about Rasul Douglas. What, what a baller. What was he doing on a practice squad? Guys are chanting, build the statue, when he gets the <laughs> second pick six in a row. Uh, back-to-back games. First guy, first Packer to do that since Herb Adderley in the 60s. Hall of Famer. Uh, he, where, what was he doing on a practice squad? He is so good. He's breaking out passes. He gets called for pass interference, which was a questionable call. But More even than then, questionable. He's in position, breaking up, breaking up passes. He is always in position, except Odell Beckham's touchdown uh, against the Rams. But, you know, I'll, t- I'll take one of those if you're going to give me two pick sixes in two weeks um he is so good and when we get Jair back and he's able to not be as heavily relied upon as he is right now that that's going to be really nice I feel like um when you look at the way that this this group has played on defense all year 
the event, the individual guys that have been most important to what we've done, I would say over the last, you know, maybe five, six weeks of the year, it's been Devondre Campbell, who's kind of been that all year. And then as soon as Rasul Douglas came in and he, he decided, you know, Matt LaFleur made the change from Isaac Yidem. No, I did. I wasn't sure if we'd ever say that name again. Remember but, that? Yep. That was and, the fr- that was the first Bears game, right? Week six. Yes. Because Yidem had that atrocious first series, and they and made the Rasool switch to the Douglas. The game. They made the switch. Oh my switch. god, dude! And then so ever first since of all, then, what is what is Rasul doing on a practice squad? And then what is Joe Barry doing, having Yidem start over Rasul? <laughs> yep. I mean, is gosh. Rasul just maybe he's just one of those savvy veteran players who? You know they're they don't have the best athletic framework, but when you put them on the field, they're just able to use their mind and uh, just know what's coming. Because he's both pick sixes was him jumping an underneath route. It helped that Justin Fields was literally staring at the receiver the entire time, and uh, Matthew Stafford was kind of doing the same thing. But uh, I don't think a lot of guys in Green Bay Packer history make that kind of play, let alone back to back games. Yeah, I mean when you talk about Rasul, he's definitely. He's always been an aggressive guy. Like he, he wants to go and make plays, and the, maybe it's the scheme. I mean, he's having his best year of football that he's ever had, and I don't know if that's coincidence or not, but he is certainly playing in a, a different defense than he's ever played in before, right? And at least in terms of, you know, he might have had a stop where he's played with something similar, but in terms of a long-term situation, he's never played this well. You know, even when... I mean, think back to some of his other years where he was with the Eagles and he was playing on some some good Eagles teams. He was never playing this well. I mean, this guy is, is he's playing on a different level right now. Elite football, and that's what we need. Obviously, when we get Jair Alexander back, uh, to me, it's like you got to do something to keep Rasul on the field at least. You know, if not at all times, he's got to be right up there with with the top snap leaders on defense. Uh, he just has to be in that in that spot where he's coming in and playing significant minutes for us, just because he's got all the confidence in the world right now, and his veteran presence is reliable, and we need that for sure. I mean, you look at his PFF grades over the years: 2017 with Philly, 64.1; 2018 with Philly, 72.5; 2019 with Philly, 52.4. He went to Carolina, and he he got a 60.2 grade. He's in Green Bay now, and he's got a 75.5 grade this year with us. What happened there, man? What what happened there? Career resurgence in the same vein as Devondre. It's, and it's it, the same thing with Devondre. We could look at his, too. I mean, this guy, Devondre Campbell, we'll talk about him probably forever. Literally forever. This guy has been so incredible. We may never shut Build up the about statue, Devondre man. Campbell. Build Put the him statue. in the Hall of Fame. Put him and Rasul in the Hall of Fame together. If we win the Super Bowl, those two guys. When we win the Super Bowl. Those two guys are going to be, be at the front of it all. Goody smiling behind them. I can oh build goodness. the exhibit. Oh, I can build the exhibit. The legend goodness. of the 2021 Packers. These guys helping turn the defense around. Joe Barry behind Goody. That's going to be. It, that's going to be something. Uh, Packers hire me because I've got a good idea here. This is a good idea, Griff, and you might want to start looking to get some kind of architecture degree right now. But okay, I'll work on that. What what I will say about Devondre Campbell is you look at what he's done this year. This year alone, right? We'll look at some of his best games like that that one game against Washington was his highest graded. He had an 88.1 grade. His run defense was off the charts, but the difference between him and other middle linebackers we've had in the past is not only can he defend the run at an elite level, not only can he rush the passer at elite, an elite level, not only is he the best tackler we've had in maybe five decades, but he's also 
the best coverage linebacker we've had in several, several years, and he's doing that on a weekly basis. And at, at many points, most points of this year, he has been the highest-graded linebacker in the NFL. And that is not something you see every day coming out of the Green Bay Packers. And these grades are even crazier. I mean, so in 2016 with Atlanta, all these years with Atlanta up until 2020, 55.7, 69.1, 56.6, 50.1, 49 with Arizona, 49 grade. And now he adds literally like half his yeah, half his PFF grade to the 2021 season with Green Bay because he's now an 83.1 as of last Sunday. And it's just remarkable how well he's playing. In a league where linebackers are so hard to come by, good linebackers are so hard to come by, it's been astounding how he's been able to do. And at the beginning of the season, it was like, wow, this is such a surprise. Devondre Campbell, day one starter, he's no one expected him to play this good. Maybe it's going to fall off down the season, but we're entering week 15 now. And he's still I'm playing as well as he is. Um, we're entering week 15 now. That just hit me. That's pretty crazy. Remember Whoa. the Bengals game, dude? That was week five. Jesus. Remember week one? It really, it really flies by. Yeah, week one. Oh, my God. My God. I want to, like, at some point we got to pull up some takes, right? Because there were definitely some takes after that game. Like, Jeremichael Finley, I remember his take. What was it that Jordan Love would be starting? Well, Jordan Love did. Oh start, my gosh! Well, not yeah, that's Rogers not. Rodgers didn't care yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there there's got to be some takes. I'm sure Cowherd had a take. Skip definitely had a take. Oh my god! I, I don't even like that we're mentioning some of these guys. All I know for sure is that the group we have now is built to win, and I think that Week One loss really it kind of you know how we every year last year with Matt Lafleur 2019 it happened. We have those horrible, horrible games where, as we like to say, Griff, they didn't get off the plane and they just went out there and stunk it up. They did that in week one, and that really got everybody's attention, you know, like that. That just got everybody back on track quick because they knew that they've already got one loss and they've got to either right the ship or, you know, another year of Aaron Rodgers' career wasted and another year of Devontae Adams and Mason Crosby and everybody else that needs to get a ring this year that's just another year down the tubes if they play like that all, all season long. And they changed it quick, and they came back strong. Their only true loss with Aaron Rodgers since then was that loss to Minnesota that they played some really good football in and easily could have won that football game. Yeah, so, three-point loss to the Vikings. Yeah, Ooh, I love where we're at. I love where we're at right now. We're coming off, obviously, two huge wins. Um, getting 45 and hanging that on Chicago with Rodgers playing maybe his best ball of the year is super important, regardless of the opponent, right? To get 45 points on the board and have Aaron Rodgers play that well is huge to this football team. And then obviously in L.A., not in L.A., but what we were able to do against them uh, at Lambeau was crucial to our playoff hopes. And now, Griff, if you want to start talking about the big picture, we are currently, your Green Bay Packers are sitting as the number one seed not only in the NFC, but in the NFL. We are the best team with the best record, and we are in a position to where December, January, February, not technically, but we will be going through Lambeau Field in the playoffs if we are able to win our final four games. How do you feel? Yeah, run the table. If we win our next seven games, then we're Super Bowl champions. Um, Whoa. for once, for once, Bron, we were able to watch Monday Night Football because 
we're releasing this on Thursday. We needed to watch Wisconsin. that game. We had to watch. We that game. needed to watch that game. We needed if, to. If watch If we were going to record on Monday night, then we would have been recording at eleven o'clock Eastern time because we had to watch that game. What a game it was! Because it comes out during the day on Monday that the Rams are pillaged by COVID. What do you know? The Cardinals, they just keep getting these breaks. But what do you know? The Cardinals, once again, let it get away from them and lose a game to a to a team without any of their starters that they absolutely should have beaten. And now the Cardinals are in a position where they're 10-3, and three, and the Packers, of course, we have that head-to-head tiebreaker, which we knew back in Week 8. We knew that would be so important, and it is because now we're the number one seed and we just got to win out. Uh, the Rams, I don't know what to make of them because we beat them, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But the Cardinals, more importantly, their defense looked pretty faulty, as all defenses are in the NFL, and uh, their their offense just couldn't get enough put together there. So they lose. We're the number one seed, and as of right now, the playoffs are coming through Lambeau Field, and that's exactly what we need. That's exactly what we want, and that is the, the path to another championship in Titletown. Well, speaking of the path to a championship, I just I was thinking about you mentioned these teams like we played the Rams, we played the Cardinals, you know, we've played the Vikings. Like all these teams that are in the mix, Vikings really aren't even in the mix right now. But we've played the 49ers who are definitely in the mix. We've played the football team who are in the mix. The football team's in the mix. That's a great point, and I have an even broader point than that, Griff. Think about all the quarterbacks on these football teams that we have played that are in the mix. Even Tom Brady. We haven't played them, but even Tom Brady. You look at that, the what he's done this year. He does have ten picks. I mean, Tom Brady has 10 picks this year, and that is... I and mean, he did throw three picks in the NFC Championship game. Let's not which forget no that. one talks about. Let's no one talks about how Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the NFC Championship game. Let's and he's the GOAT it. because he won a ring with Tampa Bay. No, he won the that. Roster Dude, come league. on. He won oh that game. God. Without his three picks, they wouldn't have won. They would not have won that NFC Championship game without his three picks. Yeah, they were huge, yeah. They were so important to, that, to them winning that game. But I will say this. You look at what they're doing. Uh, these other quarterbacks that they have faced and will have to face in these playoffs. Kyler Murray in this past game, you know, against the Rams, I don't know if he had two or three picks, but he definitely had one that should have been picked that I think it was he had two, should have been picked three times because there was one that could have easily been picked, whatever. Yeah, he was trying to throw the game away pretty late there. Yep, he was. He threw a couple near interceptions. Exactly. Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he'll throw a pick here and there for sure, right? And then we saw what Matt Stafford's been doing, Mr. Picky. He's been on fire Mr. with those. Picky. He has been lighting it up in the pick range. And those are just some of the guys that we're going to have to face. But you look at all those, and then look at who we got. We have Aaron Rodgers. He does not throw who the ball. protects the football better than anyone in NFL history. He's the only quarterback in this race that's never, never going to throw the game away. Because Brady's done it. Brady threw a pick in the, the back game. of the end zone for a pick six just two weeks ago. I mean, this guy, he's got ten picks. He, th- he, threw, the, he threw a pick against the Saints. Yep. With uh, the game-winning drive. Oh, goat Brady. Clutch Brady throws a pick against the Saints. Kyler Murray's got they nine that picks. Game. They're the number one seed. Tom Brady's got oh my ten God. picks. Kyler has nine picks? Kyler has nine picks. He's not. These guys are not... I mean, okay, so Kyler's got 19 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Brady's got 36 touchdowns because he's thrown the ball 554 times. He's got 36 touchdowns, 10 picks. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 27 touchdowns, 5 picks. He's having a, like we've talked about, statistically, good year. Um, but, you know, even Dak. Yeah, but he's Kirk Cousins. Right, exactly. Can we trust he, him in the playoffs in Green, the When we played him in Minnesota, he gave us a lot of chances to pick the ball off, and we just couldn't. And 
you know, we had a lot of opportunities to get a turnover uh, that would have given us the football game, and we just, you know, dropped some picks. If you can't remember that game, I mean, we had about three drop picks in that one. And Dak Prescott, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks. Matt Stafford, he's got nine picks, 33 touchdowns. These are the guys that we're talking about in the NFC. And you've got Aaron Rodgers, and his numbers are glowing, 27 touchdowns, just four interceptions. Just You know Brady four. leads the league in attempts? Yes, by a lot. He has 554 attempts. Next closest is Justin Herbert with 504. That's 50 more attempts than anyone else in the league. Not to yeah, mention Rogers Aaron Rodgers 410 has, passes. Aaron Rodgers is the 17th most among players with at least 578 dropbacks. Which nope, at least at least 200 with, and with any amount. Yeah, with any exactly. Amount. That's yeah. No, not the dropbacks. That's 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 the minimum. <laughs> but that I mean, it's just crazy to think about. And Rodgers has 27 touchdowns and just four picks. 7.9 yards per attempt versus Brady's 7.5. So, I mean, this is what we always argue, Braun. Brady's going to win the MVP. But you no, put anyone I don't else buy that. In his, you don't think he's going to win the MVP? No, I don't, because Rodgers is going to keep Dude. playing like this. We're going to be the one seed. How do they argue against that? Brady's got more okay, picks. Brady's maybe. got 10 picks. I mean, maybe. Maybe, but no. I, I don't think anyone cares about picks when they look at 36 touchdowns and 4,100 yards. Um... But this is what we always argue. We argued this back when he was with Belichick. You put any other quarterback in that offense with Bruce Arians who pushes the ball downfield, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown whenever he gets back from his fake vacky card and Gronk suspension. And OJ Howard. Gronk, and greatest Cameron tight Braid. end of all time. Uh, like when you th- and you have him throw the ball 554 times through 14 games or 13 games. Uh, I, anyone can match this production. I mean, I know that he's. That he's Tom Brady and he's gonna play for forever, but man, like, God, when he, when you look at value to the team, is Tom Brady really the most valuable player? No. I mean, who but cares? Win it who cares about the, the MVP? Who cares? I, I, is, yeah, I just kind of got Bowl? heated there because I'm looking at these attempt numbers. No, I know. Pissing me off. That makes me so aggravated because everybody's like, oh, well, he has the. I mean, like Griff, that's what they're gonna do. What you're saying is, oh, you look at 36 touchdowns. I mean, that's what the voters are going to do. But you and I both know that he's got 36 touchdowns because he threw the ball 75 million more times than Aaron Rodgers has and pretty much everybody else has. And that's the thing. It's like, well, of course he's going to have all those touchdowns when they're throwing the ball that much. But And that's and that's how you start. But look, yeah, the stats, maybe he does win it. But if we win a Super Bowl, Brady can have all the MVPs he wants. doesn't matter to me. And I feel like we are in a much better position to win the Super Bowl than we were last year. Whether we have to play Tampa Bay or not, I feel like Tampa Bay is a little bit more susceptible this year. Maybe I'm wrong about that, um, but I feel like we're as strong as ever. We've evolved in a lot of ways, and I feel like this team is is prepared to take that next step. Yeah, I think so too. This really feels like the year, right? I mean, the media circus that has gone around this team. I went to a game, so I'm going to remember this season forever. You were sent a mug by Igloo Coolers, so you're going to remember this season forever. <laughs> um, this really just feels like our year, and I think this is our year. If you can't tell, I have a cold. I, I brought the cold back from Wisconsin back to Florida. So I'm pretty sick. Sorry if you can tell if I sound pretty nasally. Hopefully I don't get you sick, Braun. I just wanted to... I had to mention that at some point. Otherwise, it would be bad radio. But yeah, the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. This is our year. Well, you went off on a bit of a tangent there. You went from, we're winning the Super Bowl, to, well, I have a cold, <laughs> by the way. 
But uh, I had to mention it. I had to put it in there. You when just else insert. Was I put it you in just there? inserted it right in the middle <laughs> of that sentence, which was interesting. But uh, there's no other opportunity for me to mention it. All right, let's talk a little bit about this Ravens game, Braun. This has been one of the games early on in the year that a lot of people circled on their calendars as this is going to be a big time game going to Baltimore. Last time we played the Ravens, can you tell me last time we played the Ravens, Braun? Not counting preseason in 2019. The last time the Packers played the Ravens, it was at Lambeau Field. Fun fact, um, we were wearing the throwback uniforms. Okay, I can answer this question if I do a little bit of math here. Um, that I would be 2017. Four. It was 2017. What's your point? Do you remember this? Do you remember the game? Uh, were you there? No, I wasn't there. But okay. do you remember the game? Not Brett really. Brett Hundley started. Brett Hundley started. Oh, Brett. Oh, and I believe... we got shut out. We got shut out. Oh, yes. my goodness. I believe... We got shut out. What do you think the score was? I think it was twenty-three nothing. It I'm was fact check myself. Oh, okay. Um, that was the that was the correct score. Maybe it was twenty nothing, but I think it was twenty-three. It was nothing. either twenty-three. I or 20. also think, I also think that it was week ten. I'm gonna say it was week ten. Uh, no, it was week eleven. God dang it, <laughs> suck. Uh, yep, twenty-three nothing. Okay. Yeah. What was week ten? Oh, week ten was Lions. Lions on Monday Night Football. Remember that one? The Brett Hundley era, the Brett Hundley era was not fun. This is my cold that's making me talk like talk like this. By the way, I I usually slur my words a lot actually, but this the cold is definitely making it worse. I sound very nasally. But anyways, uh, yeah, I'm you know lately I've been posting these clips on my page of like you know iconic moments versus these franchises uh, that we're playing that upcoming week, but. The Ravens, what am I going to post for that? Am I going to post the Jimmy Smith interception that Brett Hundley threw? (laughs) Am I going to post the Clay Matthews sack? Because I think Clay got a nice sack that game. Clay got a nice sack. Um, I think I might have to post that uh, Jordy Nelson touchdown. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Jordy Nelson touchdown 2013, I believe. Oh, gosh. That's a pretty one there. But, uh. But yeah, not many, not many iconic <laughs> moments. This is the game that we're going to create some iconic moments versus the Baltimore Ravens. Well, they Baltimore are... Ravens used to be the Cleveland Browns, by the way. Did you know that? Okay, that's enough. We are. They're not going to have Marlon Humphrey, their best corner. Okay. Okay. Now, now we're cooking. That hey, is Lamar, a. That's a recipe. What do we for... think about Lamar? Oh, Here's he the may thing. not when play. Go... By the way, he may not even play. Who knows? He may not play. Because this is the thing, Braun, when you're traveling, we, we, we were staying three hours away from Green Bay. So a lot of my Sunday was spent traveling. I don't know what happened on Sunday. So tell me about Lamar. Is he playing? Well, uh, they're not sure, but he hasn't practiced. I mean, it's what... Okay, so we're recording here on this, uh, on this Wednesday. He did not practice on Wednesday. I mean, that's not a good thing. Uh, but, I mean, to be fair, Aaron Rodgers hasn't practiced, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But also at the same time, you think about, the, I mean, Calais Campbell was another guy. They've been decimated by injuries, COVID, and whatnot. Even, you know, more recently, too. Like, this past week, they got nailed with injuries. So, I mean, if they don't have Lamar, that's going to be really tough for them. But even if they do, I feel good about our chances because, you know, they're Lamar's so Lamar's not played up. well. Lamar has not played well. He's not been MVP Lamar. He threw four picks not Bro. long ago in a game. Yeah, yeah, when you look around, that was against the Steelers, right? He's stunk it up. He's been stunking it up a lot. Stunking, he's been stinking it up a lot. 
uh, lately. He has not been the MVP that he, he looked like early on this season. When you look around the league, Ron, a lot of teams going through COVID issues right now. A lot of team in enhanced COVID protocols inside the building. Good thing our MVP unvaccinated quarterback already got COVID in Week 9. I mean, that sucked back then, and if that didn't happen, we're probably... 11 and 2 right now but, but maybe uh, it happens like i'd rather it have already happened than to happen as we're making exactly. a push for the one seed a playoff push and whatnot i'd rather it not happen in the playoffs right so i mean i i hope that was it like i mean all the positives that have gone around these past few days like dude so many teams are just being wiped right now it's and very it's very weird it's guys that are vaccinated and it's guys that are unvaccinated and it's these new strands that aren't covered through the vaccinations and whatnot I'm no doctor, but we're in trouble, folks. Yeah, this isn't no. this isn't Pod Save America, but no. yeah, a lot of <laughs> we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. The league—they're in Arlington today, and the league meetings. Maybe they're going to change some of the protocols with the vaccinated players because you can't. Uh, this isn't Pod Save America. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it sucks that a lot of guys like the Browns. Hey, Griff, what do you think about Joe Biden beaten down? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll talk Don't about answer that podcast, question, bro. please. <laughs> uh, it's funny that both sides of the aisle right now are probably making their own inferences. Um, let's talk about football. Yeah, let's talk about football. A lot of teams getting wiped out right now, which sucks. But good thing we've already gone through most of our COVID woes early on. Devontae's already had it. Rogers has already had it. Devondre Campbell has already had it. How about him coming of off of coming off of COVID and playing the best game he's played in a while? I mean, sixteen yeah. tackles. That's the most. Sixteen tackles. The Tied most. a franchise record, didn't it? Yes, the most. Incredible. The, the most? The mo- what are you saying the most for? The most in franchise history in a game, no? Is that not right? Oh, really? No, I think he tied, like, since 2000. Oh, whatever. No yeah, way, that was same the thing. most. You're was, the stats was, guy. I'm, I'm not the stats though. guy, Griff. You're the stats guy. Okay. Okay. 16 tackles in a game, though. That's pretty tough to do. Never been done. So props to Devondre. <laughs> <laughs> Never been done in, since 2000, apparently. <laughs> I think I think it has been done once since 2000. Okay, well but, then, uh, whatever. Our point is point. null and void. Our point is that we're playing. <laughs> we're so off track. the The point is that we're playing the Ravens on Sunday. Hey, Griff, and this is you, one of those wait, games. Gr- that- I just wanted to say to all the listeners that Griff has a cold. If he hadn't mentioned that already. <laughs> And he might sound a little nasally also. If you, I don't know if you guys can tell. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning that, Ron. I didn't know when I was going to mention that. Oh, my God. Uh, the Ravens, they're not good right now. They're really not good. And it, Way to it put it lightly. Like, oh my did God. they lose to the Browns on Sunday? They lost, right? Yes, they lost because Tyler What's their Huntley was the name? quarterback for Tyler half Tyler Huntley, yes. Well, hey, man, I, I saw some highlights. He looked pretty good. He looked good. At but, th- um, he looked good towards the second half. But okay, well, Lamar, Tyler Huntley, it doesn't matter. I think the defense is going to do a good job at containing them. And uh, you know, they keep being aggressive on these two-point conversions. From what I'm hearing, didn't watch the game. Did I mention <laughs> that? But uh, it, it, it's come back to bite them. So maybe they make some more of those, and the Packers can win this one. The defense is beaten up, so I expect the offense to have more success as they've had these past three weeks, three games, four weeks. All right, well, Griff, uh, why don't we bring back an old tradition that we haven't done, I don't think, these past couple weeks, and give me a score oh, prediction boy. and an X Factor. <laughs> do you remember if we win, if we lose? Oh, wow. Let's do that. <laughs> Forget the X Factor. <laughs> Let's do that. Oh, man. Bring back Mason. 
Mason, if you're listening, he's definitely not listening. If we win, if we lose, that's a thing we used to do way early on. Remember quick hitters? That was like a last season thing. That was actually fun. We should bring that back. But uh, if we did we win, Jeopardy, if we lose, too, was, at one point. We did a Packers we Jeopardy. We did that. We did Jeopardy. Tribute to Alex Trebek. We didn't yep. even know that our quarterback might succeed him. Yes. Su- is that, do people say that? Succeed him? Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, if we win, if we lose, that's the thing we did early on in the podcast 2019, where we would, we would say, okay, if the Packers win this game, why? If they lose this game, why? So uh, give me your if we win, if we lose, Bron. This is a one-time thing, by the way, because this is awful podcasting. Well, no, we're not good. doing this. Why not? No, we're not doing this. Well, the name is stupid. If we win, if we lose. Come up with a better name then and let's keep... Well, let's see how it goes, everybody. Right, I ready? came up with the name of the podcast. It's your job to come up with the name of something. Okay, anyway. If we win, it'll be because Lamar Jackson probably didn't play or uh, because we're able to kind of neutralize what he's doing in the running game. Or, you know, It's got to be something like that. I, I think we'll be able to do what we want on offense. Um, Marlon Humphrey is, you know, he's not playing, right? Calais Campbell is banged up. I mentioned that already. Those are the, maybe probably their two best players on defense. Um, then again, we're missing our two best players on defense, but the difference is we're operating at a high level, uh, with or without them. So, um, and this offense is just playing too well. Um, Aaron Rodgers is the Ravens have been. The Ravens have been one of those teams that just have been decimated all season. Remember early on in the season when they had no running backs? They were bringing Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman was scoring touchdowns, and it it hasn't stopped since. Their their cornerback situation is not ideal right now. Yeah, I mean they've they're definitely, um, and I think they lost another guy too. Like they're they're just losing players left and right, especially in that secondary. So um, I do like our chances, but if we lose this game, it we're it's probably going to have to do with the fact that the Ravens front is super disruptive. Um, against our offensive line that is certainly beaten up. You know, maybe maybe the pass rush just gets to a point where they are having, um, they're not able to operate, you know, the same way where they're getting the ball out quick and the scheme and, and married with what Aaron Rodgers is able to do outside the pocket. Maybe it just doesn't work and the Ravens are able to get pressure and disrupt everything we're trying to do on offense. It's just, you know, it seems unlikely, the idea that we won't win this game. Um if Lamar plays, though, it's going to be like it's going to be tough. I remember that preseason game where he absolutely ran all over us um, and had that one crazy run for the touchdown. Like, if we can't control him in the running game, if he were to play, that could certainly be um, a big, big thing that could have us losing the football game. Yeah, well, well said. Remember, he hurdled Jair on that touchdown run. That two Louisville teammates right there. Pretty rude of Lamar there. But um, if we win, here's my if we win, if we lose. If we win, it's going to be because the, de- the offense is able to roll as they've done the past three games. And the defense is able to shut down Lamar as most defenses have been able to in these past couple months. But if we lose, now, I don't want to mention this. But if we lose, maybe it's a Packers, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like the energy type game. Aaron Rodgers didn't feel the energy during pregame warnups, and they didn't get off the plane. And uh, maybe uh, Don Martindale is able to throw a bunch of stuff at Rodgers and confuse him and disguise stuff pre-snap because he's one of the better de- defensive coordinators in the league, very experienced, and he knows what he's doing even with an injured uh, def- defense. But uh, if he's able to confuse Rodgers and Matt LaFleur and they're not able to answer. But honestly, I just don't think they're going to be able to put up points. You know, eventually, you can't slow down Rodgers for an entire game. 
unless you're the New Orleans Saints in week one playing in Jacksonville. But uh, you're not able to slow him down for the entire game. He's going to score points. Like the Bears, the first quarter, it, it looked ugly. I was thinking, am I going to have to leave this game early? Am I going to have to cry on the way home? But, you know, it, the Bears fans behind me, they said it right. You can, you know the Packers are so good in the second half that, I, I don't know, I just don't think there's a way that the Packers are going to lose this game, knowing how... How pretty, how how poor the Ravens' offense has been. I think we're just going to be able to put up more points than them. And what wins you games in football and sports? Scoring more points than your opponent. Deep analysis there, but that was a good point overall. I think. Now, Griff, if you'd like, we can take some fan questions that were submitted. Okay, yeah, I'm watching this game. Senor Cheesehead was at the game. I didn't see him. He was in the front row. I didn't see him. The jump around. I didn't know they did the jump around. I thought that was only at Wisconsin. Uh, did you? Another it must have been electric. Game. That must have been electric. Oh yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I mean the way they a were showing. I mean, we're winning left. that football game, Griff, and everybody knows we're gonna win that game, and. Just the energy in there. I mean, Bears fans were jumping around. It felt like... Yeah, Bears fans were jumping around. It felt so... Yeah, it felt extremely powerful. (laughs) Extremely powerful. Like, I just... Watching that on TV, it must have been so cool to be there, jumping around, up by, you know, whatever we were up by at that point. It must have been amazing to see. Nothing beats the touchdowns, though. The touchdowns were really special. How about that pick score. six in person? It was Oh, the pick six. That was the most electric that it felt. And, you know, this drunk guy behind me who, uh, he early on in the first quarter, he yelled at me because apparently I was in the wrong seat, which I was. But he, he was pretty mean to me. He was <laughs> a Packers fan. He was pretty mean to me. Yeah, oh. I, I was in the wrong seat. But uh, then he has to come down and sit next to me, and he's high-fiving me for every touchdown they score. And on the pick six, he's like, Rasul Douglas, baby! Rasul Douglas, baby! I mean, he was really drunk, but... uh. Yeah, that was it was pretty cool. I was like, okay, so we're we're tight now. We're tight, you know. We we've moved past this this little little blip we had in our relationship and now, you know, I got his phone number. No, I didn't get his phone number. <laughs> I was going to say He's well, very drunk by the end of it. Yeah, well, first of all, I, I was I was kind of asking about the pick six, but then you just started turning into just this little fan interaction story, which is cool. Dude, I got so much to talk about. You there do, was a band, yeah. Bears fan in front of us who got progressively more drunk throughout the game and he was a hoot and a half bro he was hilarious he was every every packers good play was a middle finger f you f this f that screaming at everyone at one point a bears o lineman got hurt and he said get off the f and field next man up next man up baby get off the f and field it was hilarious but then after the game he was so he left in like the the two minute warning uh after the game he 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 Gives us all fist bumps. And he's like, hey, man, good game, good game. I hope you guys go far in the playoffs. And I was like, that's what this is all about, man. You, you get drunk at a Packers game as the Bears get blown out. And it, you, you fist bump the opponents. I was telling my mom this. I think if we were playing the Vikings, it would have been a lot more hostile. Because I hate the Vikings ten times as much as I hate the Bears. And I'm pretty sure Vikings fans hate the Packers ten times as much as we hate the Vikings. So I, I don't think we're going to be fist bumping each other when we're playing what? the Vikings. What did you say? What? <laughs> what? That didn't make sense to you? Do so I have to wait, repeat that? They hate us ten times more than we hate them, but you hate the yeah, bears. I think so. But you hate them ten times more than you hate the bears? Yeah. That's a lot of math for my day off. Okay. <laughs> Your day off. <laughs> it's Wednesday. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's no day No, I, you do, who do you hate more? The Bears or the Vikings? Some people say no days off, well I say all days off. Um, and okay. to that, I say, 
I don't really care. I honestly, I'm one of those people that like they're so below us. Oh, okay. They're so below us that I don't even think about them. At one point, one of the Packers fans behind me said, "We hate the Bears, we despise the Vikings, and we feel bad for the Lions." That's how the division works. <laughs> that That's true. I we, like that. We just feel bad for the Lions, man. That's funny. Yeah, I always like find myself like, oh, every time, every time it's Lions versus Bears or Vikings. 100% rooting, rooting for the Lions. Oh, yeah, always. Well, the Lions are always the worst team, so. Yeah, that's probably yeah. why. Yeah. What were we talking about? If we win, if we lose. Did I give mine? Yeah. We were going to go to Whatever. fan questions, and then. Fan we, questions. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Fan questions, and I went on my whole spiel about the game. I got more stories if you want them. If they're worth it. <laughs> I, I was mostly joking there. Maybe, maybe these fan questions will relate to my experience. Um. Here, here, I'll go first. From B Godwin twelve, are the special teams going to tighten up? No, that's uh, that's what we haven't talked about so far here, Ron. Okay, special, special teams. teams. So, and, and I'll I'll add another question in from Mal Moreno fifty three. Who should we put in on special teams? Uh, we mentioned this a little bit, but Matt Lafleur kind of talked about uh, that he was going to put an all hands on deck approach on the table for um, the special teams unit, and that involves guys that are starting that have played special teams in the past, maybe playing more snaps on special teams. Guys he mentioned were Alan Lazard and Rasul Douglas. And I'm, I'm sure everybody's got some thoughts on that. The first thing that came to my mind is we cannot afford guys getting injured on special teams that we need that are super valuable. So yeah, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, we can do Alan Lazard, but I don't know if I'd put Rasul out there. Um I mean, so the yeah, question is... Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Right, so who Poor should we Rasool, put right? in? Who should we put in on special teams? Do we, I, I don't... I saw Kevin King in there at a couple points, but he looked awful on special teams last on, on Sunday. Oh, God, He yeah. looked so bad. Anyone. He looked so bad on oh, special here's, teams. Here's a note. Where, where was Kevin King on Sunday? Was he inactive? Are you joking, or...? No, I'm not joking. I, I have no idea. No, he played, yeah. He played? In the game, in how many the game? snaps? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how many, many snaps? snaps? I have no idea, but he certainly I, I played. I never saw him, dude. He was on I never special. Saw him. He was on the ground a few times on special teams. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing: they were doing intros. They were doing defensive intros, which you know my, I was hoping for the offense, but they did defense, which was cool. Everyone cheered for Devondre and Kenny, and Kenny. Kenny was the last one because he's a captain. So, but I'm I'm whispering over to my girlfriend. Oh my God! They're gonna announce Kevin King, and everyone's gonna boo. Which would have been the most cringy thing in the world, dude. Can you imagine that? Because they're cheering for everyone. Eric Stokes, yeah. Darnell Savage, yeah. Kevin King, and there's the rain of boos as he's running out there. That would have been awful, and it, I I would have had to plug my ears and close my eyes. But luckily, they didn't announce Kevin King, and I never noticed him the entire game. So I thought he was inactive. No, he played. Can you give me his snap counts? If it wouldn't bother you. It'll I bother me, PFF. but I'll do it. I don't, I don't have PFF, bro. Oh, yeah. This is usually a thing that I do, mid-pod. Three snaps on defense. Are you kidding me? Dude, what's that for? What's that about? Did he get benched? Like, straight up benched? I mean, Rasul Douglas is playing good. But on special teams, he played eight snaps. And wow, was the he was the sixth worst graded special teamer. <laughs> out of okay, 37 okay. out of 37 special at teams. least he got paid man it's like I want to feel bad for him but at what? least he got paid I mean it's not our money who cares but 
No, I yeah. mean, I, I would feel bad for him because he's so bad. Well, but, I mean, yeah. If, you know, he if, got I mean, paid. Like, he, yeah, I guess. He's had, a, like, he's had a better NFL career than a lot of guys. He's had a better career than most Americans. Yay. I mean, <laughs> I don't what really talking care. About I mean, like, that's such a big What guys are we statement? putting on special teams? Who's on, who's on Twitter that keeps saying that on punt returns we just need 11 guys? I think it's Matt Schneidman. We just need to have all 11 guys tr- rushing the punter. Just let it bounce every time. That's more advantageous than Amari Rogers muffing the punt every game. That was such a bummer. And Randall Cobb. We both yeah, like that, that was crazy too. I mean, we we were like, all right, fine, we'll put Randall Cobb in the veteran, and it's like, oh yeah, he hasn't returned yeah, a punt in five it. years. It's like, oh, <laughs> did we forget that? Like, I mean, uh, I mean, I I think Cobb would be good. What do you think about Devontae? That's too risky, right? That would be Way the dumbest risky. thing we could do. Maybe outside. I mean, just of, have him fair catch. <laughs> I was gonna say that might be the dumbest thing we could do. Maybe outside of putting Rodgers back there. <laughs> I mean, sometimes with Kevin King, uh, sometimes I feel like we'd be better off with Kenny Clark playing snaps at corner. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Preston Smith in coverage. Preston had. Oh fullback. my gosh, Preston has been balling out. I love Preston, and he's just been playing so well. Just love he's your him. guy. Yeah. Love it for him. Preston's my guy. Yeah, he's been playing well. Yeah, Preston is absolutely well. my guy, and he has been balling. Who are you out. putting in on special teams, bro? Okay. First of all, let's name let's let's give some of the guys that have played really well. Let's give them some credit. First of all, Henry Black. Henry Black. Oh, good dude, he's been, he's been great. He's been, he's been great. such a good special teamer. He did force a he's fumble at one point. He's been great on defense. He forced a fumble at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Henry was, okay, Henry's been good on defense, and then he allowed the big play against, I guess it was Jakeem Grand or Bird, one of those two. Whoever caught the yeah, slant. Right. I guess that was Bird, the slant upfield. Yeah, that was Bird. That yeah. was all Henry Black's responsibility, kind of. But he's been good. He's a special, I mean, he's undrafted well, special put, teams guy. It was the same thing that, uh, who scored on that? I think it was, no, it was Jefferson. Against the Vikings, he scored on that out of the backfield. Yeah, you, you can't put we can't keep putting a safety one on one with these receivers. That's you know? the problem. That's and that's been a matchup thing. Like they've, it, it forces, like you said, it forces the matchup of. I mean, that is going to be. Yeah, that's exactly. that's the new. That's one of the new wrinkles that's going to start getting inserted into most NFL offenses is having receivers lined up in the backfield. That is a new. That's going to be a new wrinkle. That not only will they do that. Uh, on big passing downs, but instead of going empty, they'll just put a receiver in the backfield. It's obviously not advantageous for blocking purposes, which is why instead of going empty, teams are going to start putting receivers in the backfield, I think. That's probably something that we're going to see often. A couple other guys, Tipa Nalier, ever since he's been brought up. Uh, Jonathan Garvin has done good things for us on special teams. And and Dominique Daphne is the other one I would point out as, as somebody who's played really well um, Friend for of the us. show. Yeah, friend of show. We interviewed him, and uh, he's obviously a contributor on that side of the ball. Um, but if you're talking about guys who we could possibly put in, have played there before, Josiah DeGuar has been good too, by the way. But you look at just our offense and defense, right? Who are some guys that are healthy right now that have maybe been contributing on offense more often, but we'd like to see um, get moved around a bit on special teams to add some value? Russell Douglas is like the clear one to me, uh, even though that would be a risk, right? We talk about it. It is certainly a risk, but he he played really well on Sunday on special teams when he was in that area, second highest graded special teamer. Um, I think it would be, you know, it's a risk, but we do have good depth at corner, and he's been playing well there. It would be a boon. Yeah, I don't really want to lose Russell though. I mean, on offense, I think the most obvious one – as far as punt returner goes, would maybe be Royce Newman. No, I'm kidding. I like the idea of like scouring <laughs> through practice squads to find 
to find these guys because Goody's pretty good at that. Rasul Douglas, uh, an example of that. But, you know, we brought up Jawan Winfrey. Maybe he can do something as a returner. No more Amari, though. Like, is this going to cost him career snaps as a receiver? Probably not. But why can he not catch punts? And why is he? why does he suck at returning? Every time he returns, it's it's awful, too. Like, jeez, yeah. man. I, we had high expectations for Amari this year, but he's been... It's been kind of dreadful, especially on teams. It, what's funny about punt returns and kick returns, too, is that, like, no one knows any schematic insight into into what goes into a good punt return or a bad punt return or, you know, coverage. So, it, like, m- me included. So I'm like, well, we've been allowing a lot of big, big punt returns and kick returns. Let's stop that. How do we do that? I don't know. It's not my job. So... Mo Drayton, he sucks because he can't figure it out, but I, I don't know what he can do any better. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I mean, uh, another guy I was thinking about, I don't, uh, Oren Burks is so hit or miss. Like, he had some bad plays on special teams the other day, but I think Chris Barnes possibly a little more often on special teams would be an interesting one, considering he was an undrafted guy, trained mostly special teams when he was in training camp, started playing more, obviously was that day one starter undrafted after being cut. Um... But I think he could be an option possibly to uh, take more special team snaps in addition to we talked about uh, Rasul Douglas. That's really all you can do. Th- I'm, I'm looking at the defensive guys that we've got. Like Stokes is – I don't know how much special teams he's playing. He's playing some, not a lot. Um, his speed would be valuable, obviously, but he's also a valuable player on defense, so it's kind of tough to balance. I think Shannon Sullivan's another one that you could throw out there, but he is our starting slot corner. Um I mean, there's a, it's pretty much a catch-22 with whichever way you go. but uh, And then I, we'll look at offense as well um, to see just if there's anybody that kind of pops off uh, the chart a little bit. We're not going to do that with Devontae, obviously. A.J. Dillon, he is big, and he's like a super huge force back there at running back, but could we put him on special teams possibly? That's I mean, he's so, so valuable, but... I feel like he could do certainly some damage. He's made tackles before, I think, on special teams, if I'm not mistaken. But could we play him more often is the question. I'm not sure. That's one that kind of stands out to me. What about Mercedes? I mean, he's an older guy, um, super valuable in the blocking game. Get out of here. No? You don't think so? You're not putting Mercedes on teams, no. We need a Jeff Janis. we got to find a Jeff Janis. Well, Jeff Janis, they're not Jeff Janis's. They're not lying around everywhere. I mean, that guy caught a Hail Mary pass I think once. they might be. I think you, you you have Goody look at, like, the Jets practice squad. Who do the Jets have on their practice squad? Their team is a practice squad. Who do they have? They could have a, a nice athlete that could maybe do something. I don't think there's anyone who's playing significant snaps on offense or defense okay. that is really going to make a big difference. Let me throw one guy out there and just tell me what you think. Jordan Love. <laughs> Okay. Next question. Okay. Next question. Yeah. Well, I don't the teams, know. It's special yeah, teams special sucks. Teams and as of right now, special teams is going to be one of those things where we're spotting the te- the opposing team points every now and then. We're going to, like, we spotted the Bears how many points, how many drives with good field position, and it's just something that we got to deal with as a team. It's crazy that it's getting worse. I mean, that's not something I anticipated. I mean, yeah. It's. I mean, how many times has Mo Drayton said that it's going to improve? That was the worst special Remember teams Ron performance Zook? I've ever seen. Dude, it kept getting worse, too. The onside kick, of course. Of course. Oh, the yeah, kick. and of course, MVS's hands I, like, just turned to dust for the first time oh in, like, God. a year. Yeah, I know. He's been so good with the drops. Yeah, then season. dropped a pa- know, that, end, like, that end zone pass. That should have been caught. Not to, I mean, like, 
I mean, it was a tough catch, but should have been caught. Then, of course, onside kick pops right off his hands. Hope we don't have Jeez. that issue now with him. That would suck if he's now got the drops. I know, I know yeah. If he's in his head again. Oh, no. Early on in the second quarter, I'm thinking about how this is the, one of the worst special teams performances that I've seen. The Mason Crosby kickoff out of bounds. Bojo shanks a punt. How many kick returns did we give up? The punt return touchdown, 97 yards. And then the muff from Amari. Oh. It's like, oh, my God. It's getting worse. How can it get worse? And then, of course, the onside kick at the end. Like, oh, my God. I've never seen anything like this. The only thing that didn't happen was Crosby missing a field goal. He was, what, 7-for-7 seven seven on extra points in field goals? So, good for him. I'm glad Crosby's I'm, I'm glad Crosby's back into it. He's still the guy you know I trust funny. the most in that whole unit. He's still that guy. Well, yeah, he's, he's the veteran. Uh, you know what's funny? When he kicked it out of bounds, there was a Bears fan sitting next to me who was yelling, Oh, blame the holder, Crosby! Blame the holder, <laughs> you big baby! Wow. And I was like, I don't know. How does he, how does he know that Crosby blames the holder? How does he know that? Is he? I assume maybe he lives in Wisconsin, and he watches a lot of you know Packers media just because he lives in Wisconsin. So maybe he knows that. But I was like, I wanted to turn around and ask him like, how do you, how do you know this much about the Packers? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay, let's see. How worried should we be about special teams? Will Green Bay special teams come back to haunt them? All these special teams questions. A lot of special. Yeah, teams. a lot of special teams questions. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, do you think Ja and Bach are playing this week or next week? I would say no to Ja this week. David, I doubt. Um, I will. So I'll say next week. You think Ja's coming back next week? I would say yeah. Wow. I'm done predicting when these guys are coming back because I really don't know. And the way that we're winning games without these guys, maybe they just hold them off till the playoffs. But that would that's be a the risk. Worst maybe thing. just... I know, that would suck. No, I, not even because, like, oh, I want to see them play or anything. Like, if we insert them in what in our first playoff game, that's a rough situation, I would say. Yeah, and then it's, it, you know, these guys, the chemistry, it's... Yeah, that's a bad idea, other. I think. Yeah, I think that's a bad idea, too. But, I mean, the way things look right now, I mean, Bakhtiari's finally practicing. He was limited today. Jair's been practicing for uh, this is the second week practicing, I believe, so maybe he comes back. But uh, it... A lot of these guys, we think they're coming back earlier than we are. Bakhtiari, especially, he's one of those guys where we literally thought he would maybe play week one. Then we literally think that he's coming back week seven, week eight for sure. And it's we're going into week 15 now, probably not even going to play. Like that is, the, that is the most depressing one. And then Z, he's teasing on Instagram during the bye week. And, you know, none of them come back uh, for the Bears game. So I'm done predicting when they're coming back, but I hope it's soon. Okay, so... People want to know about Jair. We talked about Zadarius. He hasn't practiced yet, but his is probably a little easier. I, I would say once he's practicing, he'll be out there. I would say like he gets a weekend of practice, and he'll be on the field that week, I would say. With David, it's a little bit more uh, temperamental, I would say, because of they, you know, the, the knee injury, the ACL was huge. He got the cleanup, the scope. Um He's going to have to, once he comes back, it's got to be like he's there for good. They can't have it to where he does it again or, you know, some kind of major issue happens. The other one, two people want to know, Josh Myers. He is going to be an interesting one because um, once he's back in the fold, that will be, I mean, we could get in a spot where it's David and, you know, then the guard spot could be maybe Lucas or if not John Runyon, um, one of those two. Then we've got Josh Myers, and then I would say 
I, I guess John Lucas Runyon has got to take over at right guard. Yeah, that's probably the case. It'll be. I, I guess it would be. Um, my guess is it'll be David uh, Lucas on the left or Runyon on the left. Excuse me, Josh Myers at center, uh, Patrick on the right guard spot, and then Turner on at right tackle. That's considering some of the lines we've put out there this year. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, hopefully we get that by hey, playoff time. Josh Myers, has Matt LaFleur even mentioned him recently? Because I, I don't hear a lot about Josh they Myers. They feel like he could play. They feel like they have hope that he'll be back at some point. But it's not like a he's A lot of the times yet. I forget that he has an injured knee. Because early on in the season, remember, he injured his finger. He was out a couple of weeks. Then he comes back in the Bears game week six, and he's injured on, in the first quarter. Right. Okay, let's talk about the one seed a little bit, Griff. Uh, James Moreshi says, do you think the Packers can hold the one seed? I mean, the answer is yes, based on the fact that we've got a team against the Ravens who are reeling right now, loss after loss at this point with injuries um, to boot. The Browns are so hit or miss. All they've got really is that running game um, that and the pass rush. That's Those are the two things. But that, you know, that, can, that can hurt you, so it won't be an easy game. But I feel like we can win that one. And then Minnesota at home, we're going to want that one back for sure after we lost to them in Minnesota. And then the Detroit Lions, what can be said, really? So I feel good about our chances. <laughs> yeah, I like them too. I mean, now the biggest threat is the Buccaneers, not the Cardinals. Yes. The Bucks, they've got a cupcake schedule too. I think they play the, I think they play the Panthers twice, if I'm not mistaken. Back me up on that one, Mr. Playoff Machine. I will tell you that right now. So... Looking at the one-seed race, like you mentioned now, it's Green Bay at the first spot. The Bucks are at the two, and the Cardinals are at the three, but we're all 10-3. and three. The difference between the Bucks and the Cardinals is that we have the tiebreaker head-to-head over the Cardinals, as well as the 9-4 and four Rams, even though they just beat up on each other and they've beat each other once each. Um, so the Packers hold the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams hold one over the Bucks, and the Bucks hold one over the Cowboys. Cowboys play the Giants this week in New York. Uh, the, the Rams play the Seahawks. That should be an interesting matchup. Cardinals play the Lions. So that's going to be probably a win for them. But then they play the Colts, Cowboys, and Seattle. Um, so that's a tough three games. And I feel like they're bound to lose at least one of those. Um, which kind of, to me, like like you mentioned, it's Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Green Bay's schedule, we talked about it, at Ravens, Browns, Vikings, at Lions. Bucks have the Saints, which you know you never know with the Saints because they seem to have the Bucks number quite often, but they don't have a very good. Oh yeah, I forgot right? they played the. I forgot they played the Saints. They don't have a very. good uh, I feel like that's true. The Bills was probably the the Bucks' toughest outing remaining, and and well, that that was a game they should have lost, but they play the Saints. They yeah, get, that's what I've heard. I didn't watch. Yeah, they the, it was bad some of the stuff, but it was a good game. But they probably should have lost that football game. Went to overtime. They let the they let the Bills creep back in. But so it's the Saints at the Panthers at the Jets. They go home for the Panthers for that Week 18 matchup. So you compare the schedules. I mean, if they beat the Saints, then it's the Panthers twice with Cam Newton or PJ Walker, and then the Jets. I mean, it's gonna. It's probably gonna have to be Green Bay winning all four games. Otherwise, that will be bad because then it's gonna be going through Tampa Bay, um, and that's tough already as it is. Even to play Tampa Bay in Green Bay. It's not going to be an easy matchup, but to have to go there and try to win is going to be tough. But we could do it, I guess, obviously, but it does not make it any easier. So, And it feels inevitable that we're going to have to play them at some point, no? It does, yeah. It feels like we're due for the rematch of 
Brady Rogers, what would that be? Four or five? I think it would be one, two, three, four. I think it would be five. And a rematch in the NFC Championship game is not is not unlikely at Lambeau Field. That would be so nice to get another win. And like you said last week, if we're able to beat the Niners at some point in the playoffs, and then and then beat the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. That would be awesome. That uh, I think would. we're done here. We've been going for a long well, time. Well, I've got a little bit wrong. more. Let's look at this playoff picture quick. Oh, boy. What? Okay. Griff, come on. It's the playoff time. We don't get to do this very often. Uh, okay, okay. Enjoy okay. the moments that we get to talk about the playoffs because not many teams do. So Green Bay, obviously, number one with the bye. But the matchups currently, if the playoffs were to end today, you're looking at the Bucks at the number two spot facing a team they struggled with last year in the playoffs, the Washington team. So they that would be an interesting matchup because – Sometimes that team looks like they're very good, and other times they look bad. So it's going to be interesting, that matchup there. Then it would be Cardinals versus the Niners. That is a super fun one, I feel like. And then even more fun here would be this game, the Cowboys and the Rams, which that would be such an exciting matchup. So in this scenario, the winner, the, the worst seed would come to Green Bay in the divisional round, You and that means number two and three are automatically ruled out for divisional round. So theoretically... They could not play the Bucks or the Cardinals in the divisional round. It would be, let's say, so Griff, who would win that game, Cowboys or, or Rams? I think the I think the Rams would win that one. Okay, so they're the five. It's in Dallas, correct? It, I think the Rams would win that one. It still. would be in Dallas. So, but what do you think about? Is do you see a potential upset with either the Niners or the or the Washington team, or do you think the Rams are probably the only team that upsets? I think the Niners could take the Cardinals. I think the Bucks beat the, the football team pretty handily even though they lost so are you let's say let's say you predict are you predicting the Niners to win over the Cardinals yeah yeah give me the Niners okay sure. so that would mean the Niners come that would mean the Niners come to Green Bay um, oh there we go in the divisional round and that would mean the Bucks would would face the LA Rams according to your predictions Griff and that would be very very interesting I would say because then Green Bay faces either the Rams, who they already beat, or the Bucks, who would be coming off a really tough game against a team that we beat already. But they would be hot beating a team that won their division. That would be a fun game. And then, of course, whatever happens in that game, uh, then Green Bay has to go and, and, at home, beat a good football team regardless. So that they're going to have to beat at least one really good team at some point. And I have faith that they can do that because we've seen them do that this year multiple times. You know, the Bucks have lost to the football team, who the Packers beat. They've lost to the Rams, who the Packers beat. And they've lost to the Saints, who the Packers did not beat. But, you know, they've, they've lost to two teams that the Packers have beaten. I mean, it, it wasn't close in either of those games. So I don't know what that means. But I, I do like the Packers' chances against the Bucks this year. Uh, but when I think about them getting healthier and Antonio Brown coming back, who was their number one receiver and until he got injured, until he faked, it was outed for faking a vaccination card. Uh, it, he was their number one receiver, and he was having such a good year. So him coming back, he didn't play in the NFC Championship game. I, I don't know who covers him other than Jair, but then we've got, oh, God, I don't know. We'll get to that when we get there. Yeah, let's not do Which that. Which it just feels like we will, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when Aaron Rodgers in the first matchup with Tampa Bay last year, he said, we'll see you down the line. We'll see you in the playoffs. And he was right. And I feel like he knows it's going to come down to he the He said Bucks that to again. someone this year. Who did he say that to this year? The Cardinals, right? He said it to Kyler. Yep. Ah. He seems and to have a ride for those things. In 2019, if you remember this, 
before we went to San Francisco in the regular season, he said, we're going to have to beat these guys at their place at some point, yep. so I'd rather do it now. And then what do you know? We lose to them, and we have to go beat them at their place, and we get blown out for the second time that season. He, has an, he knows, knows who's good. He, he knows, knows who's going to be there. You know, he's, got, he's got the playoff simulation in his head, and of course it's more accurate than any of these media websites. Well, I'm not looking at a simulation right now. I'm looking at just looking at what I've got here written down. But um, yeah, so let's say the Cardinals. So let's go with what Aaron says. Cardinals beat the Niners. That would give us a matchup with the Rams in the divisional round. That's a tough. I matchup. like that one. I do like us. I, I like going up against Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Mr. Picky. Yeah, the in the cold, I like Mr. Picky. I mean, he's played in the cold before, but you know, obviously having to go to Chicago and Green Bay throughout his career, but. Um, yeah, I mean, those. that's an L.A. team, of course. Like, Odell Beckham Jr. in the cold. We know what happens sometimes there. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, so let's say who wins that game, Tampa Bay or the Cardinals? Who do you like in that matchup? That would be the divisional round. I like uh, I like Tampa Bay there. There you go. Then we. I don't have a lot of faith in the Cardinals because I don't trust defense generally. And their offense have been it's been shaky even with Kyler these past two games it hasn't looked like how it did earlier. So, on but the let's season. say I mean the Cardinals right, but they could get hot again. Like we've been in spots where we get cold and hot on offense, and the defense looks great, and then they haven't looked as good these last couple of weeks. Well, I'm a lot of points. Let's say the Cardinals. I mean, theoretically, anybody could beat anybody. Let's say the Cardinals beat the Bucks. How do you feel about beating the Rams? And then beating the Cardinals, and then going to the Super Bowl. I mean, do you feel like that would be? Would you rather face the Cardinals than the Bucks? Yeah, certainly. But I feel like that's not I, unreasonable to have the to, to have the Cardinals come out and surprise the Bucks. Then for us to have to go play the Cardinals, that that's our easiest path that I can think of. Well, maybe you prefer the maybe you prefer. Well, our easiest path is the the football team upsetting the Bucks. Well, I mean, like, but what are the odds that happens? I mean, like, there's some <laughs> things that just don't are. They beat happen. them this year. But I mean, like, what? Right, exactly. There are the, is the, are Tom Brady is Tom Brady going to lose in the first round of the playoffs to them? Yeah, no. That's what a media not. person would say. But are the Bucks going to? You know, are they going to make that? <laughs> are they going to take that loss? That's that's the question, right? And you know, maybe you think the easiest, like, realistic possibility would be Green Bay playing Dallas and then then having to play the Cardinals and winning, or maybe you think it is the Rams, or you know what I mean? But like. I feel like when I'm looking at this, we're gonna have to beat the Bucks, dude. We're gonna have to beat the Bucks. It's pot, yeah, certainly possible, right? Just the way that they're playing right now, it's we're gonna have to beat them. All right, everybody, that's gonna do it. Griff, give us the spiel. All right, make sure to follow this podcast on iTunes, Instagram. <laughs> I messed up already. Make sure to follow this podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Today in Titletown, at Today Titletown on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, you will find this podcast. Make sure to follow me, Griffin, on Instagram at All Day Packers and Braun on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. I'm on Twitter as well, same at. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Send in more fan questions. We're going to ask for them every week. This is going to be out on Thursday this week because I was traveling out of the States, wasn't home, so it's going to be a late release. And you have make a cold. Sure that you're back. And I have a cold. Yeah, I have a cold. So make sure you're back next Tuesday where the next episode will be out where we are hopefully discussing another Packers victory over the Baltimore Ravens. And maybe Mason will be back with us. We're going to say that every week. Mason is going to turn into just like a today in Town folk hero who, you know, new listeners aren't even sure if he exists or not. Mason does exist. He doesn't listen. So he's not going to hear this. But Mason, please, man, we miss you. Braun, what do you have to say? I just want to thank everybody for listening, as always. If you ever get this far, it means you truly care. So 
Thank you for listening. It means a lot. If it you're does. listening, if you're listening right now, it, it does mean a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously, big game this weekend. We got to come out with another win. Trying to get that one seed. Most important thing. Thanks everybody for listening. As always, go pack go. Go pack go. Oh.